Section seventy seven of Mark Twain, a biography. Volume two. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mark Twain, a biography. By Albert Bigelow Payne. Chapter one hundred and eighty one. Nauheim and the Prince of Wales. Clemens was able to write pretty steadily that summer in Nauheim and turned off a quantity of copy. He completed several short articles and stories and began or at least continued work on two books tom sawyer abroad and those extraordinary twins the latter being the original form of pudd'nhead wilson as early as august fourth he wrote to hall that he had finished forty thousand words of the tom sawyer story and that it was to be offered to some young people's magazine harper's young people or st nicholas but then he suddenly decided that his narrative method was altogether wrong to Hall on the 10th, he wrote, I have dropped that novel I wrote you about because I saw a more effective way of using the main episode, to wit, by telling it through the lips of Huck Finn. So I have started Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer, still fifteen years old, and their friend the freed slave jim around the world in a stray balloon with huck as narrator and somewhere after the end of that great voyage he will work in that original episode and then nobody will suspect that a whole book has been written and the globe circumnavigated merely to get that episode in in an effective and at the same time apparently unintentional way i have written twelve thousand words of this new narrative and find that the humor flows as easily as the adventures and surprises so i shall go along and make a book of from fifty thousand to one hundred thousand words it is a story for boys of course and i think it will interest any boy between eight years and eighty when i was in new york the other day mrs dodge editor of st nicholas wrote and offered me five thousand dollars for serial right a story for boys fifty thousand words long i wrote back and declined for i had other matter in my mind then i conceive that the right way to write a story for boys is to write so that it will not only interest boys but will also strongly interest any man who has ever been a boy that immensely enlarges the audience now this story doesn't need to be restricted to a child's magazine it is proper enough for any magazine i should think or for a syndicate i don't swear it but i think so proposed title 
New Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. He was full of his usual enthusiasm in any new undertaking, and writes of the extraordinary twins. By and by I shall have to offer, for Grown Folks magazine, a novel entitled Those Extraordinary Twins. It's the howling farce I told you I had begun a while back. I laid it aside to ferment while I wrote Tom Sawyer abroad, but I took it up again on a little different plan lately, and it is swimming along satisfactorily now. I think all sorts of folks will read it. It is clear out of the common order. It is a fresh idea. I don't think it resembles anything in literature. He was quite right. It did not resemble anything in literature, nor did it greatly resemble literature, though something at least related to literature would eventually grow out of it. In a letter written many years afterward by Frank Mason, then Consul General at Frankfurt, he refers to that happy summer at Nauheim. Mason was often a visitor there, and we may believe that his memory of the summer was justified. For one thing, Clemens himself was in better health and spirits, and able to continue his work. But an even greater happiness lay in the fact that two eminent physicians had pronounced Mrs. Clemens free from any organic ills. To Orion, Clemens wrote, We are in the clouds, because the bath physicians say positively that Livy has no heart disease, but has only weakness of the heart muscles, and will soon be well again. That was worth going to Europe to find out. It was enough to change the whole atmosphere of the household, and financial worries were less considered. Another letter to Orion relates history. The Twitchells have been here four days, and we have had good times with them. Joe and I ran over to Hamburg, the great pleasure resort, Saturday to dine with friends, and in the morning I went walking in the promenade and met the British ambassador to the court of Berlin, and he introduced me to the Prince of Wales. I found him a most unusually comfortable and unembarrassing Englishman. Twitchell has reported Mark Twain's meeting with the Prince, later Edward the Seventh, as having come about by special request of the latter, made through the British ambassador. The meeting, he says, was a most cordial one on both sides, and presently the Prince took Mark Twain's arm and the two marched up and down, talking earnestly together the prince solid erect and soldier-like clemens weaving along in his curious swinging gait in a full tide of talk and brandishing a sun-umbrella of the most scandalous description when they parted clemens said it has been indeed a great pleasure to meet your royal highness the prince answered and it is a pleasure mr clemens to have met you again Clemens was puzzled to reply. Why, he said, have we met before? The prince smiled happily. Oh, yes, he said, 
don't you remember that day on the strand when you were on the top of a bus and i was heading a procession and you had on your new overcoat with flap pockets see chapter one hundred and sixty three a letter to the queen of england it was the highest compliment he could have paid for it showed that he had read and had remembered all those years clemens expressed to twichell regret that he had forgotten to mention his visit to the prince's sister louise in ottawa but he had his opportunity at a dinner next day later the prince had him to supper and they passed an entire evening together there was a certain uneasiness in the nauheim atmosphere that year for the cholera had broken out at hamburg and its victims were dying at a terrific rate it was almost impossible to get authentic news as to the spread of the epidemic for the german papers were curiously conservative in their reports clemens wrote an article on the subject but concluded not to print it a paragraph will convey its tenor what i am trying to make the reader understand is the strangeness of the situation here a mighty tragedy being played upon a stage that is close to us and yet we are as ignorant of its details as we should be if the stage were in china we sit in front and the audience is in fact the world but the curtain is down and from behind it we hear only an inarticulate murmur the hamburg disaster must go into history as the disaster without a history he closes with an item from a physician's letter an item which he says gives you a sudden and terrific sense of the situation there for in a line it flashes before you this ghastly picture a thing seen by the physician a wagon going along the street with five sick people in it and with them four dead ones end of chapter 181 nauheim and the prince of wales read by john greenman